The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing a car that's got style and substance to spare. The all-new RAV4 Limited. Featuring a sophisticated, muscular new exterior and available options like a premium JBL audio system and panoramic roof. The all-new RAV4 Limited. Toyota. Let's go places. JBL and Clarifier registered trademarks of Harman International Industries Incorporated. Welcome to another edition of To Homer and Back, the official podcast of Streaking the Line. My name's Pierce. I've got my usual compadres with me this evening. Caroline, how's it going? Hey. Hey. Matt, how are you? I'm good. It's the top of the ninth inning. The Nats are up by four. If we blow it, I'm going to hang up midway through the podcast. Okay. All right. That's a good disclaimer. We are all watching playoff baseball while we talk about UVA sports tonight so maybe quiet sobbing from this side of the microphone you know it's me my team's already lost so I'm not emotionally invested it's a beautiful thing to let go darns of the emotional (laughs) anyway we're here to talk about UVA sports uh we didn't have a podcast last week so we haven't uh we haven't shot the uh, the ideas around about the Duke win. Big win on the road. Ooh. Told you, Darns, that I'm perfectly happy and comfortable predicting losses and having them win. It was a <laughs> lovely, lovely result in the progress. An impressive one, for sure. Um, you know, Duke's coming off a big win against Notre Dame. Certainly, they have a ton of injuries. but uh, And certainly, Notre Dame. Seems really bad. Um, <laughs> nonetheless, they were coming off a big win, and so for the Hoos to step up and win their first road game since Matt Ellis was an undergrad, uh, that was a pretty, pretty big deal. Good thing, I think, for uh, the fans and team to see that, uh, at least under this coaching staff, there's no uh, road game monkey on their backs and uh, sets them up for, you know, some some games that look sort of winnable at least for the rest of the conference season most of them look approachable certainly some strong teams left but uh, i want to hear you guys's uh takeaways from uh from that duke game darns if you want to jump in first yeah it was awesome um it was a lot of fun they just looked like it was the most complete game that i've seen of the of the first five um the offense and the defense were clicking and Conti was clicking like normal. Um, it was just a lot of fun to watch, and it's kind of been a while to say that throughout the game. Like, even when things mm-hmm. got close, um, players stepped up and made plays and got stuff done. A um, couple huge fourth down stops. Um, Micah Kaiser had a huge game. I think it was 18 tackles. Um, obviously, the big hit by Jordan Mack. Yeah. Um, laying the lumber and then I thought it was like oh, oh great it's a safety like that's oh that ball came out like oh oh that's a touchdown like so it's definitely run the gauntlet and there were adjustments made um defensively like when Gibson couldn't quite keep up um in the corner cornerback position putting in a um Bryce Hall mm-hmm. um who ended up with two two interceptions 
um, and a couple nice, nice defended plays. Um, yeah. Led to a lot of UVA fans uh, around the state going, who is Bryce Hall? Yeah. At first I was like, wait, that's not Devin's. No, that's Mark Hall. There's too many Halls yeah. running around. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a really fun game to watch, and you got to see a lot of different people do well. So it's kind of fun to see this new – this new team like who are these people like they managed the clock well at the end of the first half like they still were they were aggressive which is something that one of the i forget which player it was i think it might have been kaiser that said it but mm. on that they they never slowed down like they didn't just try and run the ball up the middle to try and be safe and mm. but they weren't like outlandish like they played the game how they thought it should be played and they played it for four quarters not like you know, they didn't go conservative. They just went. It was exciting the whole time. It was fun to see. Totally. Matt, what were uh, your takeaways? I think this is the first time when I agree with most of the things Caroline just said. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to fill my role and, and think of negative things to say. Um, and, I, I, you know, I, I think the offense looked great. It was great to actually see us force turnovers, mm-hmm. um, which we, you know, struggled for for forever seemingly since you know even since like the Jim the Jim Reed defensive coordinator years mm-hmm. um yeah I, I think the only complaint that I have is I have no idea how we had five interceptions and we're only leading by seven with yeah. four minutes fourth. yeah that's uh, uh what I was going to bring up in terms of a negative I was worried you know you can only give a team so many screw-ups and not score points off of it uh, yeah, that's that's a classic dominate most of the game and uh, and not walk away with a win uh, when you do stuff like that. So that that was going to be my first concern if, had they not walked away uh, victorious, but they did. I'm yeah. sorry to cut you off. Yeah, I agree because it, it seems like a game that I mean, you know, winning by 14 ends up ends up looking out all right, but it, it watching it, it felt like a game that we should have been up like 42 to 10 at mm. point in time. Um, so yeah, it was, a. I think the performance was better than the end result, even with that late, uh, fumble recovery in the end zone. Sure. Um, I think what will, I will note regarding that concern is there were a couple, yes, you know, when you have six, uh, five interceptions and a fumble in the end zone, like you want to see more scores than that, but a couple of the interceptions were pretty deep like more like punterceptions mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and you know that's one of those like, like if you get it on the 30 of your own your own 30 like it's not necessarily like a huge knock that you don't score on that right like you know, it, it wasn't like a handed over on the doorstep type thing um and then the last one obviously was in to seal the game so really like when you look at it there were maybe two interceptions in which i think they scored off of three of them mm-hmm. um so i i think like while yes like having a you know plus five in the um turnover mm-hmm. battle and mm-hmm. winning by two touchdowns maybe be misleading a little bit considering the turnovers that there were and what time they were mm-hmm. um so i mean it's yeah be yeah, yeah. No, that nice makes sense for points sure. every time but there were some extenuating circumstances in some of those where you know, they didn't necessarily, I think six of the six, they scored points on three of them off mm-hmm. of three of them, which, okay. yeah, yeah. It just wasn't the early ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I will say, I believe last week when I answered my own question uh, of what am I looking for in the game, the, the, a, a rush edge sack fumble was going to be needed to walk away <laughs> with the victory. And sure enough, Jordan Mack was there for me. Golly, uh, man. A breakout player for sure this he year. He laid the lumber <laughs> on him in the like. I mean, it was a clean hit. It was a legal hit. Mm-hmm. Like, and there was a hesitancy at the very first step by him that was kind of like, "Wait, no one's gonna pick me up." <laughs> but, like he just laid the lumber. Yeah. Like he mac trucked him. Like he he got macked. Like, the NFL would have thrown a flag, but you know. yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Looks too hard. Sorry. If yeah. it was Aaron Rodgers on the other end of that, but. Yeah. Some some first ring Duke like a true Detroit fan. Well, you like, know, the like that's Detroit. the one people pick normally. Not Tom Brady. Yeah, Aaron uh, Rodgers gets all the calls. Yeah, they're in the same. They're they're one in the same in my mind. Anyway, um, <laughs> concerning the Duke game, I mean that's a, a road win. Uh, but like we said uh, at the beginning, it sets up the rest of the season. Uh, you know, you're, you're maybe looking like, well, can we have the optimism that we had at the beginning of the year? You know, we, now we've stolen a game. Um, not, th- not that you weren't expecting a win, Darns. Of course you were. But uh, maybe that makes up for the UConn loss, you know, balances that out a little bit. Now we just need to steal an even bigger game to make up for the Richmond loss. But are we back – to that level of optimism maybe we had before the opener or or on a scale of one to 10, 10 being how optimistic you were. So we're going comparatively here. Okay. Uh, I got you math. How how optimistic are you now uh, for the rest of the season? Both you guys, Ellis, you want to go first? Yeah. So I, I think I came into the season at like a seven and six of that was bankered. Um, and after Richmond, it went to, to zero. Um, <laughs> it's probably up around like five now in that I, I think, you know, again, we're, we're about to hit a, a pretty tough part of the schedule over the next three or, you know, four of the next five games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I still think it's unlikely that they find a way to, to win four of these last seven um, and, and make a bowl. But it wouldn't surprise me if we ended up with, you know, four or five wins, which is lower than where I was at the beginning of the season, but a lot higher than when I was where I was uh, after the UConn game when I thought legitimately that we could go 0-12. Gotcha. So if, if a 10 on is the scale of what you were in optimism was a 6 out of 10, so then, then your current 5 – towards that six makes you at an eight or nine of your car- Okay. I'm confused myself with my carry car- the one, carry the one. Okay. Um, pi R squared. Uh, Darns, how about you? Um, it's interesting. Uh, I am always, you know, until they're like I've said before on this podcast, until there are mathematically no more games to win in which they could still make a bowl game. I'll still think they can somehow manage to do it. I will say though, I'm actually, I'm not less optimistic than before. Cause I think this team, like the Richmond game and the Connecticut game, I think kind of had to happen the way they did for the push that we're in now, if that makes any sense. I mean, maybe not as dramatically as like missing a 20 yard field goal as time expires, but mm-hmm. 
if this team that's playing now went back and played UConn, like if that Duke team played UConn, they'd crush them. If this Duke team played Richmond, they'd beat them. Like, okay. It's it, the problem that I'm now struggling with that hurts so badly is like knowing that this could have re- realistically four wins right now. Mm-hmm. And I get that it's part of the growing process. Like those games had to happen the way they did with the defense needed to be shown to be too complicated or whatever you want to say. I'm not really articulating this the best. That's a base hit. Um, <laughs> but I think that it's just, I get a little frustrated knowing that this team I think should be good enough to play in a bowl game at the mm-hmm. end, by the end of the season. But I don't necessarily know that they're going to get there right. because of the growing pains and struggles they had early. Now, that being said, I think in watching oh, – it was so nice to sit and watch some football on Saturday. That bye week could not have come at a better time for me with the weather and the travel and whatever, personally, stuff I've been doing. But um, I think the pit game will be very interesting. I think that's a team that is beatable, especially in Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. I think watching UNC play against Virginia Tech, they looked completely just out of sorts. And I know the weather's weird, but both teams did not seem to affect Virginia Tech, which mm-hmm. makes me a little bit more nervous about playing them at the end of the year, but whatever, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at a game like Wake, um, Georgia Tech has had some struggles. Um, Miami didn't look particularly fantastic against FSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think these are games that if if a couple things go Virginia's way and they gain some more momentum, and I think this Pitt game is huge. I don't think that there's even a chance of making a bowl game if they don't beat Pitt, like just out mm-hmm. of the games that are left in, in momentum. And that's the one downside of the bye week being where it was when you've built up this momentum and they're playing that well. But I think that they're – the description of their quote off week sounds like they notched up the intensity even more than what they would normally do if there was a game. So, I mean, they could come out just as fired up, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I think Is there anything? so. I'm at a seven. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think I'm right there with you in terms of being, almost back three quarters of the way back to where I was. Um, and I think a lot of that is seeing uh, Ben Kurt being more comfortable uh, and really turning into quite easily the best quarterback we've had since uh, Matt Schaub. And not that I'm not a fan of Matt Schaub, uh, but Matt Schaub wasn't throwing the ball down the field as frequently as Ben Kurt is, uh, especially on the run and things like that. I mean, he's making some plays we really haven't seen in Charlottesville, uh, at least on UVA's team, <laughs> yeah. in, in quite a long time, if, if as long as I've been around. Um, the touchdown pass to Oz, like in the corner, like not only was it in a great spot um, defensively in the sense that only I could get there, but he was moving to the left, if I remember correctly, throwing with his right and stepping off of his back foot. Yeah. And he got that ball to the far corner. Like, it was an impressive throw. It was an exceptional throw for sure. Incredible. Um, 
I will say that, uh, you know, he looks like a different player, obviously, than the beginning of the year, but certainly there were some mistakes, um, the interception being the most obvious one. It was a bad, bad interception. But you'll take the bad with the good when it's uh, leading to the production that, that he's got, and it, it makes him look like a totally different team. I mean, the team's energized by him. Um, they're, they're not running the ball worth a damn, but, you know, they're still moving the ball down the field pretty well regardless. Um Matt, do you have a that a Ben Kurt Heisman campaign up and running? Have you got the the URL going? I mean, I I, I told you guys that I was going to wait until after we beat Louisville to start <laughs> the campaign for 2017. Um, so you know, I Kurt, if you're listening, maybe take it a little bit easy these next couple of weeks. I don't I don't have everything in order yet to really. <laughs> Um, yeah, what, it, what asked me the most about him, because, you know, we saw the, you know, the ability to throw on the run, really bomb it in that Central Michigan game. He, he completed passes to 11 different guys. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know we had 11 guys on the team who could legally catch. <laughs> um, I, I remember getting, I was getting texts from friends asking, who is Richard Burney? Um, and he got a touchdown. Uh, yeah. so, no, I, I don't think I've, I've seen us. I had no idea who Richard Burney was before it <laughs> Yeah, I, I just like saying Hassis Dubois, so keep throwing it to him. <laughs> yeah, that's a great name. Um, but I, I haven't seen us spread the ball around like that. And, and you, you could take it one of two ways. I mean, you could make the argument that we don't have a, a Kane and Severin who can be our, you know, our go-to every time you need a, a conversion, you, you look his way no matter who's covering him type thing. Mm. Um, and I, I think there's some merit to that. But, but clearly we've got a bunch of guys who are capable of stepping up and he seems comfortable um, and that he has at least a, a bit of a rapport with each of them. Um, and I, I think for, for a team that not only you know, focused on the, the last seven games of this year, but he's got more eligibility. Virtually every guy who caught a pass has more eligibility. Um, it, it, it's definitely a good sign looking forward um, beyond this season to his Heisman campaign of next year. <laughs> I think uh, looking around the ACC, I'm much more confident in the Georgia Tech game. I think Georgia Tech looks awful um, and has basically all year looked awful despite their uh, you know, okay record, I guess you could say. Um, Matt, you've got them pretty – not high, but you, you've got them up there in the middle chunk of your power rankings coming out this week, so – this sounds like an excellently done transition to our newest fan favorite, which we did get <laughs> tweets about section. Defend yourself. Yeah. Matt Ellis, uh, Georgia Tech, better than five other ACC teams right now. Why do you say that? Please defend yourself. So, <laughs> so I'll start off with – Get out. Sorry. No, it, it didn't get out. Sorry, Kyle. Oh, come uh, on. Sorry. There are Apologize to my listeners. <laughs> your listeners. <laughs> there are three teams in the ACC that are bad. Syracuse is bad, Duke is bad, and BC is just awful. Um, so, I, so there's I really two that are bad and ones that's awful? Yeah, BC deserves its own little category. Like they should be we're, – we're like another year away from them going winless, and we should relegate them for some, like, MAC team. Um, <laughs> So really, I, I put them ahead of Wake and Virginia um, because I, I've watched Wake and I think they're five and one and I can't name a team that they beat that's, that's remotely good. Um, and I, I have them ahead of us for now. 
Because um, you know, the teams they've lost to Georgia Tech, I think, are all really good. They lost to Clemson. They lost to Miami. And they played Pitt really close. And, and I'm sure we'll get this when we talk about Pitt. I think Pitt's a really good team. Um, Sorry, I'm, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt for now. Um, but if we beat Pitt this weekend, I'll, I'll bump us up a little bit. Wake away on the road and beat Indiana. That's no yeah. game. No I, I watched that game. Be, weirdly enough, I, I actually watched a Wake at Indiana game on the Big Ten Network. Yeah, that is a ball choice. But. I thought <laughs> Indiana wasn't good, that good, though. They're, Indiana's not. They're quarterback five but, interceptions in that game. But Indiana's been pretty uh, not awful this year. I mean, honestly, like looking at the Wake score is uh, probably one of their more embarrassing results. I mean, they beat uh, Michigan State. They got beat by Ohio State, but not by that much. Um, and then they beat a couple bad teams. So really the Wake game is the most embarrassing loss. Anyway. Wake, plays, Wake plays Florida State on Saturday, and they're, mm-hmm. they're going to lose by 35. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see that, and that, that certainly will be a better benchmark. Although, who really knows what's up yeah. with FSU? Is Miami really just not that good, and that's why FSU beat them on a blocked extra point? <laughs> that game um, was absurd. Yeah, or was FSU just having some down games against UNC, et cetera, et cetera? I don't know. Darns, that last hit for the Red Sox would have been a home run in a, a designed ballpark. How does that not get down? <laughs> get out of here. All right, um, one back. But uh, speaking of the power rankings, uh, Darns, you got Virginia pretty high, which isn't Woo! too surprising uh, to me. All but right. you, you see them as, as validating being better teams than Wake, uh, Georgia Tech, Duke, Syracuse right now. Obviously, they beat Duke. Um, but, you know, are two games making you feel like they're in the middle of the pack of the ACC? Yeah, so, you know, I treat it like a power ranking, like the most recent, you know, you look at. I like the way that things seem to be clicking offensively. You know, Kurt has fourteen over 1,400 yards passing. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I do agree that there's been some struggles in the in the running game, both Reed and Smoke are averaging over – at least five yards per carry, which I will take every day of the week. Sure. Um, not just Saturday. Um, <laughs> and when you count in, I mean, they just haven't had many attempts. Or, I mean, it's, it's, you know, they, Reed has 59 carries for 318 yards, and Smoke has 52 carries for 260 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, having a 44-yard run for Smoke helps too. But, um it's stuff I like seeing what they're doing. And right now you've got um, Micah Kaiser's tied for first in the ACC with tackles. And you've mm-hmm. got Juan Thornhill who's tied for first in interceptions. Like there's pieces of the game that are, and this is sorry, in the ACC. I don't know if mm-hmm. I said that, but um, there are pieces that are coming together. And when you look at, like I said, what, um, you know, Wake has done, I, I just, I, I think that UVA is looking good right now. Like this team looks, you know, Wake got wins over Tulane seven to three. Let's throw that one out there. Duke, (laughs) Delaware, Indiana, and Syracuse. Like wins are wins. Like they're one win away from a bowl game. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So that's, they're getting it done where they need to. But are any of those going to like knock your socks off? Not really. Yeah. Is there anyone that's 
playing particularly well lights out for them yeah, yeah couldn't tell you <laughs> so i mean they've got some good defenders um but offensively i think i like where virginia's at and georgia tech has just not been great yeah. um so I don't know. So I feel like you both adequately uh, discussed <laughs> very fair rankings on your part. Um, so I didn't really have anything to attack you with. And we haven't talked about food yet. Um, so tell me your favorite Bodo's order so I can tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> oh, man. I have a very controversial Bodo's order because um, everyone is way too scared to try out the flavor profile. Uh, what is it? What, just. Uh, it's a it's a sausage egg and cheddar on cinnamon raisin. Yeah, that's disgusting. You're yeah, that's gross. Yeah, I, don't, I don't even <laughs> want to attack that. But ra- yeah. first off, raisins don't belong in anything. Yeah, um, agreed. Just like they never enhance. I can't think of a single thing that's better with raisins. Nope. Cookies are better without raisins. Yep. What? Maybe brand cereal is better with raisins. I'll give raisins that benefit. That, that is, <laughs> if they can only improve brand. I would rather have raisin brand than plain brand. That's a. I mean, I'm I'm at a loss here thinking of anything that's better with raisins. And you're talking all right, all right, all right. A savory sandwich. Go, go to go to Caroline with her locks and you with your. Ew, gross! Know, you think I eat locks? Plain bagels. Locks is delicious, but anyway, <laughs> Barnes, what is what is your go-to? Well, if it's breakfast time, I will have a bacon and egg on a plain bagel, and if it's lunchtime, I have turkey and cheddar on a plain bagel. Oh, okay, yeah, that's inexcusable. <laughs> turkey, delicious. Literally just turkey and cheddar on a plain bagel. Yeah. It's so amazing. Like, so you're eating like the equivalent of a Lunchables. <laughs> <laughs> you have yes, all of Bodo's in front of you. Let me guess. You eat everything bagels. Are you one of those freaks that doesn't like mayo? Oh, gross. Oh, yeah, I don't like mayo. God. Oh, God. Uh, I just... Are you, Seriously, the, like ketchup is the only condiment I like. Oh, you're from all over. And so I, you, you haven't spent enough time in the South, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I do not like mayo, and do not come near me with mustard. <laughs> yeah, we had the mustard ketchup debate last week. Okay. Yeah, at least I can attack you for your idiotic Bodos preferences, you heathens. Um, but any Bodos is still better than the next bagel company. So, well, sure. My boring bagel sandwich is better than Brugers or. I don't even know what that is, but it's better than Einstein's. Um, Yeah, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about Pitt uh, coming up. Pitt, I thought, was going to be underrated, as I said a few times at the beginning of the year. And they might still be. (laughs) They're 4-2, and which is obviously a fine record. If they win a bunch of winnable games, they're going to still be one of the better teams at ACC. And and could you – conceivably challenged for the Coastal still. But I'd like to point out that Pitt has played uh, Marshall. They've played Villanova. They've pl- played Penn State um, in terms of their, their the worst teams they've played. They have not given up fewer than 27 points to anyone but Villanova, who they beat 28-7, but that doesn't count. So Marshall scored 27 on them. Oklahoma State scored 38. Penn State scored 39, et cetera, et cetera. The two ACC games were close. Close win over Georgia Tech, 37-34. 
close loss at UNC. Um, they pitch should have won. They had no yeah. losing that game, 37-36. So the defense is apparently bad, uh, which is relatively unpit-like. You know, they've never been a, a great team recently, but they've always been pretty strong with defense, and they're not doing it so far this year. They're, who's are coming off a bye week at home, homecomings? Uh, you know, things set up, I think, uh, to to give Pitt a tough time. And they've got that, you know, coming off of Georgia Tech playing that gimmicky bullshit offense uh, that's always tough the next week to go back to playing actual football uh, against <laughs> a team playing an actual football scheme like UVA does. So things certainly look good for the Who's, uh, which in my experience means they'll lose by four touchdowns. Uh, but <laughs> it's a new new coach, new QB. Uh, but I just really don't know what to make of the Pitt Panthers coming in. But like you said, Darns, uh, if they're going to have any sort of continued success, uh, th- this is a must win because, you know, all of them are <laughs> must wins at this point except for the Louisville game. What are you guys looking for in, in a matchup or, or just to, to feel good maybe besides uh, the end result in points? What are you looking for out of the Who's uh, against Pitt this weekend? So it'll be interesting. Uh, there's a few known quantities. Uh, it's a three-point spread, the last I saw. Um, yet somehow, like, matchup predictors still say, like, 73% for Pitt, but it's a three-point mm. spread. So I don't know how – that doesn't make sense in my small lady brain. So um, <laughs> I just kind of like, how does this – that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'll mansplain it to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's probably, it's probably based on I, – I think they base those more so on overall statistics, too. Um, and not just the last couple games. Yeah. Um, I, I, just, I think the spread is more indicative that UVA is getting a little bit of love that it's it's yeah. a relatively manageable spread. So, yeah, it's a manageable spread. Um, and there's, like I said, a couple known quantities. Like, James Conner is a phenomenal running back. Like, he's a great person. He's uh, His story is fantastic. Um, he's got 440 – like 440 yards a season, five touchdowns. So mm-hmm. not a ton of carries when you look at um, Albert Reed, who's had 40 less carries than James Conner and has mm-hmm. a little under a hundred yards less and one touchdown less. So it's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, you're curious what, and then, like I said, match with smoke. Um, it adds a little bit, there's an option there. So I feel like if we can make Peterman pass the ball, yeah. um, I think that'll, I mean, obviously you want to stop, a guy like James Conner, like that's got to be your number one priority. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they've done pretty well with the run defense. There's still a lot of stuff that needs to, the more that they can get at the quarterback, like they really gave um, Duke's quarterback, a obviously tough time. Mm-hmm. Um, they pressured him hands up in the passing lanes. Um, obviously the five interceptions is something that I would love to see replicated uh, by our defense. Again, that'd be delightful. <laughs> Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, please, thanks. Um, like you said, like, Pitt has done kind of what they were expected to and lost a couple close games. Technically, we've already, like, by proxy beaten them because we beat Central Michigan, who beat Oklahoma State, who beat Pitt. So I don't even know why we're playing this game. We should just get yeah. the- <laughs> I, I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be a good matchup. Um, their cornerbacks have really struggled, which is – 
just something that now makes me like, ooh, they have struggling <laughs> cornerbacks. Like, and it makes me really excited. Um, so I'll be curious to see if we can give Benker enough time in the pocket to find find our guys um, downfield. But I don't know. It'll be interesting. All right. Uh, Matt, what are you looking for? I think we're all sort of leading towards the same direction, uh, which is you should bet the over in this game. Um, I mean, Pitt has scored at least 37 in five straight games. I think this could be a game where both teams are, are in the 40s. Um, and that wouldn't surprise me. I, I, I agree that, you know, Connor is a good running back, though obviously um, for, for obvious reasons not where he was a couple of years ago when he was the ACC player of the year. Um, but Peterman might be the second best quarterback we faced this year, depending on how people feel about Cooper Rush, I guess. And the man's thrown, he's thrown nine touchdowns. He only has two picks. Um, and, you know, I think it'll be the, a big test for our secondary mm-hmm. with how injury ravaged it's been recently. Um, I, I think you can get away with that against Duke when they're starting a, a, a true freshman who's, who's getting rattled a bit. Um, but against an upperclassman um, who's got a little bit more support, I think, it'll be a, I think it'll be a tough game. And, you know, both the Pitt's losses, I mean, Pierce, you mentioned the North Carolina game where I think they were up 21 and lost with two seconds left. That Oklahoma State game, Oklahoma State scored the winning touchdown with 80 seconds left. Um, So, you know, all of their games, even their losses have come down to those last two minutes. Um, And and that's a team that could easily be six and zero coming into this game. So I I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really tough. Um, Not saying we can't win it um, because then Caroline will kill me. Um, (laughs) But, but I I think this is given how Oregon has completely imploded. um, I think this is, played so far this year <laughs> yeah no that's i know i sort of talked over you there they very well could be the best team uva has played so far this year um in my mind that team might be richmond for Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um do you guys want to go out on uh some predictions score and uh prime time players that, that you're expecting to see or hoping to see darns um i'm gonna go Virginia, 42, 31. And, yeah, because uh, I kind of agree with Matt. I think it's going to be a lot of points. Um, neither one of these two teams has really set the standard with yards allowed. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that could be an, um, an issue for both teams, especially if, like I said, Kurt gets going passing-wise. Um, and I think we're going to have another big day out of Eldridge. Mm-hmm. And um, go Micah Kaiser. <laughs> oh, a, a strong gamble. <laughs> the, the, well, I just think he's gonna have a nice day in front of him. Yeah. He's done so well. He was almost player the Wahoo of the week, and then I had to make it Conti because he's a yeah. legend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I would just also like to talk about how Smoke rode a horse this week, and it was <laughs> happened on the internet. Absolutely, Matt. Uh, do you have any horse or non-horse related predictions? Yeah, top that, Matt. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, so I, smoke is going to ride out on the ca- oh yeah, smoke oh, should ride the horse idea. out at the beginning of the game. Sorry. No, it's a great idea. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. Um, okay, so I'm going to go with Pitt, uh, 45 to 35. I'm sticking with the the no defense theme. Um, and my my prediction is that that Kurt Benkert will throw, run, and catch a touchdown. Um, <laughs> At the and same time, in the same uh, play. Maybe, maybe not in the same. I, I could see him like doing a flea flicker to himself. <laughs> he runs forward, tosses it backwards, goes back, catches it, throws it, and then runs for it. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think he'll go like full, like late '90s Cordell Stewart in this game, uh, <laughs> and, and just really start. You know, again, he seems intent on starting his Heisman campaign before I'm ready. Um, right. So I, I think we lose um, because I don't think we get virtually any stops um but but i think the offense looks good again all right i'm gonna go 24 20 wahoos at, at, at like halftime or no, going against the grain <laughs> going against the grain so i think the defense will do enough i think the offense will do enough i don't think Either team's going to set the world on fire uh, in any regard. And uh, I think the Hoos are going to pull it out because they've been looking good. Will the, uh, will the special teams do enough or will they do more than enough? The special less? teams, besides Conti, will do nothing. Um, and Conti, hey. will, Conti will do everything. Hey, well, that's not hey. particularly we fair because the, the run, the guys, it is just as much on the guys who sprint down the field and keep the ball from going in the end zone at the one-yard line as it is Conti. That's a um, – he puts it in the right spot, but those guys have to get there and make the play. Okay, I think yeah, the gunners, the gunners do things. It is not as important as the guy kicking the ball. Not as important, no. But without them, he would be – he would not be as the strong – They certainly serve a role and have been doing the role very well. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like special teams has been pretty solid, actually. With the there's only been five punts returned all season mm-hmm. for a total of 25 yards. No, my issue is not with the the kick coverage. It's it's with the. I was more joking about the fact that they're they're not even allowing them to try field goals at this. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fair. Ooh, so, I am excited about Sam Hayward now. So it's kicker yeah. three. So maybe we'll maybe we'll maybe we'll get in a field goal kicking contest. Maybe that'll be the surprise MVP. <laughs> We win like fifteen fourteen on five Sam Hayward, <laughs> and blew it misses an extra point. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you blew it. <laughs> oh, I get it. Oh. Yeah, it's his name. His name's blue. Oh, okay, well that's a great thing to end on. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for uh, tuning in, dear listeners. Stay uh, stay tuned to Streaking Lawn, obviously, for more pregame stuff and and postgame stuff and. And during game stuff and future games. <laughs> and basketball stuff. Basketball is about a month away. Um, I wish you both uh, happiness in your playoff baseball. And I'm kidding. I hope both your teams lose. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> go Hoos. Go Hoos. Jamie, progressive.
Harris is number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.